This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. How would you react if a man claiming to be the Messiah and apparently performing miracles suddenly appeared? That's the promise of a new Netflix series titled Messiah. Christianity isn't the only religion that calls for a Messiah. What should a Christian, especially a Lutheran, know before watching this series? Dr. Timothy Furnish, a member of the LCMS and an expert on Islamic teaching, has seen the entire series. We discuss how to watch this program on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. President Donald Trump highlighted a premature baby born at 21 weeks and called on lawmakers to ban late-term abortion last night at the State of the Union address. He discussed the birth of Ellie Schneider, a baby born at 21 weeks and six days. The president said the premature baby reminds us that every child is a miracle of life and that his administration's goal is to ensure that every baby has the best chance to thrive and grow to be just like Ellie. Last month, 6.4 magnitude earthquake hit Puerto Rico in the early morning hours. It's the largest earthquake to strike the island in more than a century, and it came amid continuing efforts to recover from 2017's Hurricane Maria. A team for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod arrived and spent four days assessing both the damages and the needs of those affected. In the immediate aftermath of the quake, the Reverend James and Deaconess Crystal Neundorf, who have been serving in Ponce for approximately a year, connected first with the congregation and then with the wider community. checking on residents in an elder care center, assisting municipal leaders with immediate relief efforts, and counseling and praying with those in need. Georgia's heartbeat-based abortion ban is tied up in court, but six pro-abortion legislators in the state have reacted by proposing a bill to remove ultrasound and other informed consent requirements for women seeking abortions. House Bill 746, called the Women's Right to Immediate Access Act, would remove the requirement that a woman seeking an abortion certify that she's seen informational materials and an ultrasound. It has six sponsors in the House of Representatives, all Democratic women. Under current Georgia law, Elective abortion is legal through 20 weeks into pregnancy. Some officials in the Church of England have apologized for releasing a statement that explained why sexual activity is only proper within marriage between one man and one woman, stressing that its teaching had jeopardized trust and sowed division and hurt, particularly among homosexuals. Last month, the Church of England issued a pastoral statement entitled Civil Partnerships for Same-Sex and Opposite-Sex Couples. The statement explained the church's position on civil partnerships, which were recently expanded, to include heterosexual couples and why sexual activity among people in civil partnerships heterosexual and homosexual, is morally wrong. Liberal members of the church and LGBT activists were livid over the document. The Church of England has this week become a laughingstock to the nation that believes it is obsessed with sex, said several Church of England officials in an open letter. A Catholic priest in Rhode Island has decreed that every state legislator who voted last year for an extreme state abortion law may not receive Holy Communion. World Lutheran News Digest will be back right after these messages. Hi, I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County, inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. 
Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6. It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO Radio. I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Ascension Lutheran in St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's in New Athens and Trinity in Darmstadt, and we welcome you to listen to Wrestling with the Basics. Matt, 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 let go of me, man. No, no, it's not real wrestling. We're just talking about Bible issues. Oh, 9.05 Saturday mornings, 8.50 a.m. KFUO. What is it that you want to share with us? Call the KFUO comment line at 314-996-1542. Tell us what we're doing right, wrong, or just leave a message with your thoughts on why KFUO is important to you. What would you like to hear on KFUO to make your listening experience better? You can call us anytime at 314-996-1542. Thank you for listening and sharing your thoughts with KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. This is World Lutheran News Digest. The work by the Hehe Wailongafi Lutheran Firehawan. I'm Kip Allen, World Lutheran News Digest host. My guest today is Dr. Timothy Furnish. Now, Dr. Furnish and I have been watching a new Netflix television show called Messiah. What would you do if somebody suddenly appeared, apparently was doing miracles, and then claimed to be the Messiah? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about. Dr. Furnish is not only an expert in the Middle East and on Islam, he's also a Missouri Synod Lutheran. So we're going to try to get the perspective from our point of view and a little bit of expert view here as well. Dr. Furnish, welcome to the program. Good to be with you, Ken. So you've seen the picture, the movie. It uh, released as a, excuse me, as a TV series on Netflix uh, and was released on January the 1st. And that basically is the storyline. It's that a uh, young man appears in the Middle East claiming to be the Messiah and seemingly performs uh, miracles, which may be, may be explained otherwise as well. What should we look for in this program, now both from the point of view uh, of Christians, specifically Lutherans, and from other faiths as well, because, you know, the, Christianity is not the only faith that calls for a Messiah. Right, that's exactly the first thing I was going to say was, uh, you know, who, who's Messiah, whose Messiah are we talking about here? Because, you know, clearly it's a Messianic idea is a motif, not just in Judaism and Christianity, but in Islam, and this guy... There's a lot of hints and tantalizing, you know, sort of innuendo about who he might be and which 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 Messiah he is. And so I think, you know, they've only done one season. I sure hope they do another one. I think it's well done. I know I, I'd written an article on this for the stream, and, and, and there were some comments about, oh, you know, Netflix, which, of course, as we know from some of the other stuff they've done, doesn't have the best reputation with uh, people of faith sometimes. But but I think this is pretty well done. And, and, and it was interesting. I looked, Kip, one of the executive producers was Roma Dowdy, uh, who, of course, is, uh, they did the, uh, what was it, the movie on Jesus that they did, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, Plus, she was in the uh, Touched by an Angel series. Touched by an Angel series, right. So... So, which uh, I never really watched much, but I, you know, I think it's kind of sort of the same approach. It's sort of a, I don't know, ecumenical 
kind of, a, as I said in the article, Messiah light, L-I-T-E approach. And it's kind of interesting. And, and so there's a couple of ways to look at it. One, of course, the most important way to look at it, I think, for us is as Christian, what if somebody who showed up, someone showed up did this ordinary? Because, you know, as we know from the Gospels, Matthew 24, and then the parallel passages in the Synoptics, Jesus warned about just this sort of, uh, just this sort of figure, or figures, actually. He warned about plural ones appearing. Yeah, he said, uh, watch out for uh, one who deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and they will deceive you. Uh, mm-hmm. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and uh, seem to perform great signs and wonders and deceive, if possible, even the elect. But then he points out a, a clarifying issue, in, again, in, in uh, Matthew. For lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man, which seems to imply that when the Messiah, when Jesus returns, there will be no doubt. Right. And that's not the case in this uh, in this uh, series. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of doubt here. It's in it's in it's. Um, you know, I, I think part of it is intentional because of the TV show. You've got to keep the suspense going, and I assume again it's going to be renewed for another season. I never looked at the figures in terms of its viewership, but I assume they were pretty good. But I think part of it, too, as I point out in the article, and again, for your listeners that haven't heard us before, my academic specialization is actually Islamic end-of-times belief. I think part of it may be that uh, they're kind of trying to have their cake and eat it, too, the producers and the writers, in that you know, there, there's hints that he's, that he's Jesus' return, and there's some, uh, as you said, he seems to be doing some miracles, and he seems to fit some of the... Uh, ideas people have about the return of Jesus from the Christian point of view, of course, but then, but then he comes from Syria and, uh, and many of his followers, most of his followers, not quite all of them in the Middle East are Muslims. And, and then, then you have to, I think if you do that, you have to pull in the Islamic traditions and the Islamic teachings about it, about it and how, how, how much they reflect accuracy regarding those, and, and the answer is, yeah, not quite so much. Again, <laughs> well, we know yeah. that you know Christian theology says that Jesus will return. The Jewish theology says he's not here yet, but he will come. Right. Now, what what does the Islamic tradition say about this? Right. Well, here's the thing: the only person referred to Al Masih. Uh, the Messiah in the Quran, as well as in the Hadiths, which are the alleged sayings of Muhammad outside of the Quran, sort of, you know, commentary on the Quran and on other things, is Jesus. And, uh, my gosh, in fact, I went and dug out a paper I wrote for a Quran class way back in the early 90s at, at when I was at Ohio State doing my doctorate. I had written exactly on this topic. And I was going, oh my gosh, boy, that's a poorly written paper. But that was a long time ago. Anyway, um, but I dealt with this topic, and, and, and basically... The only person that's ever called the Messiah is Jesus. But then the Quran, as well as these hadiths, as I said, as I said go on to explain in some detail about when Jesus comes back from the Muslim perspective, how it will happen. And it basically says that he will descend. You People will see him descend from heaven. So the fact that in this chap in this uh, series was not seen to descend from heaven, he just, at some point in the first episode, he just shows up suddenly preaching in Damascus, well, then, then he doesn't fit, with the, doesn't fit with the Islamic perspective on this. And, and another thing, there, there are a couple of major end-time figures in Islam. Jesus is one, but actually Jesus is outranked by a, an end-time figure, an eschatological figure in Islam called the Mahdi, the rightly guided one, M-A-H-D-I. 
which you and I have spoken about before in previous episodes. But just so people know, this is this is the kind of chap that, like, for instance, if anybody remembers the movie Khartoum, not Khartoum, Khartoum. <laughs> oh, yeah, Capital, Charlton Heston. It was a great film. Capital, Capital Sinatra. Yes, uh, Charlton Heston and uh, uh, Lawrence Olivier in one of his not-so-well-known roles, rightfully so. But this is about this fellow in the 1880s in Sudan who declared himself a Mathi and initially defeated British and Egyptian forces, but then was finally, uh, he died, actually, because his movement was defeated later. Uh, and you had someone claim to be the Mathi back in uh, 1979, tried to overthrow the government of Saudi Arabia. So these fellows pop up every so often in history, and then, of course, that's in the Sunni world and the Shia world, particularly the 12er Shia world in Iran, in Iraq. It is, particularly in Iran, it is an intrinsic part of the belief system of the of the clerical government that they have, that the, that the, that the Matthew will return is what they call the 12th Imam, the 12th, the 12th Islamic leader after Muhammad, starting with Ali. So, uh, but, but again, there's very specific criteria about this fellow uh, in the Islamic teachings. Like, for instance, he, you know, where he will come from, which will be uh, Syria, and that part is kind of accurate. But, but, but other things are not accurate about him, because the biggest difference, of course, is that in the Islamic teachings, um, he will be basically a military leader, a warlord. He will basically take over the Middle East and the Islamic world, and then eventually, with the help of Jesus, who comes back to help him, uh, he will take over the world, and, and mainly militarily. So he's sort of a Islamic Napoleon figure, if you will. And then the Mahdi and the Mahdi cannot perform miracles, as I understand. No, the Mahdi does not do any miracles. That's another one. Yes, exactly. Jesus, Jesus, when he comes back, the main thing that Jesus does in helping the Mahdi, according to Islamic tradition, again, is that he will kill what's called the Dajjal, D-A-J-J-A-L, the Antichrist. It's literally the, the deceiver. And because the Matthew is incapable of killing him, Jesus has more, I guess you could say, supernatural power than the Matthew, although the Matthew is really the more worldly leader. So so they're kind of conflating kind of this stuff. And, and, uh, and, you know, then you get this question of, well, well, so you kind of have like three candidates for who this fellow in the book, excuse me, in the, in the series might be. Is he Jesus? Is he the Matthew? Or is he uh, this Dajjal figure? In fact, a couple of the Arab, a couple of the Muslim um, characters in the show, and, and actually one non-Muslim character calls him this, calls him the Messiah Dajjal, which means the deceiving Messiah. So the series is kind of like, again, kind of conflating some things and, 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 and pulling some things together that probably shouldn't be pulled together, and, you know, but writers do this for TV series and movies, as we know. <laughs> well, there's also another possibility, is that he's a fake. Yeah, that's another one. He's a fake. And in fact, um, one of the main... Although, one of the main characters in this is a CIA uh, analyst who's trying to prove this this person's a fraud. Uh, right. In fact, the statement: and, and "If you want to create, uh, if you want to create chaos, who better than a messiah?" Right. And as someone, I you know, I've I've um, I, I've not worked at CIA, but I've been there and uh, talked to a few of the folks there before, and worked in military intelligence. So to me, that's one of the most fascinating and you know believable believable parts of this is that if someone showed up like this, it would basically be, you know, it would be like a, it would be a, it would be jihadist, uh, 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 you know, a, a, a um, superannuated or su- superior form of a jihadist leader. Like a bin, if a bin Laden could, could purport to do miracles or be accused of doing miracles or something, which I come to think of it, actually maybe it's a little bit fair because again, this guy does not do any, he doesn't kill any people. He doesn't lead any terrorist groups. But from the 
from the viewpoint of, you know, the U.S. intelligence agencies, the U.S. military, uh, this would be, as you pointed out with that quote from the series, uh, very much a supreme threat because they would be someone who not only could lead military forces, but is, you know, powerfully charismatic. So, so yeah, there's some question about whether his miracles are legitimate or not. I mean, uh, and, and um, again, the CIA is trying to track this, other people trying to figure out you have, you have some Christians that begun their Muslims in the Middle East to follow him, although many reject him. You have Christians. He winds up in the United States at one point, and there are Christians in the United States that follow him. We've even got a couple of Jews that wind up following him. So, as I said, he's sort of an ecumenical figure for some folks. And and um, you know, but 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 as of the end of the first season, we're not exactly sure who he is. Yeah. And he does react, uh, interact also with the president, who's a Mormon. Yes, he winds up having a meeting with the president. Yeah. Who, in the process of the conversation, you find out that he's Mormon, and uh, which is interesting. I don't know if you, if you caught that one part there, and clearly the the, the, the one of the one of the antagonists of the of the series is the chief, the White House chief of staff, who is just a sort of Machiavellian figure, and who clearly does not think much of the president's Mormon faith because he makes a disparaging comment about it at one point. If you remember that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so you've got people from all different sort of walks of life. I remember at one point when he's in the United States and he winds up briefly in for a while in Texas, uh, and a lot of people start coming in to see him and, and, and things like that. There, at the one point, there's a, I think I believe there's a Buddhist monk sitting there also. So uh, <laughs> they're pulling in all kinds of Pulling out all stops on this one. So we have a problem here as, as Christians and as viewers. Uh, I think we can— we can rule out as Christians that indeed he is the he is not the second coming because it's it's not earth shaking it's not everyone recognizes it but there's a a bunch of other threads in this thing and that that's what I find fascinating and especially since I read your article uh, there's a lot on the from the Islamic point of view that I had I had never considered. Uh, there's one very subtle thing that you point out in this, is there is an incident with a black dog, mm-hmm. and a, a yeah, cr- there's a, there's I'm sorry, go ahead, Chip. Yeah. yeah, and according to Islamic tradition, Muhammad hated dogs and especially hated black dogs. Yeah, there's a number of hadiths to that effect. Yeah, yeah, there's a there, there's a couple of scenes in the in uh, Texas where after uh, the tornado comes through this town where. Where the uh, this figure, who by the way, the, the CIA does figure out that he is from Iran. He and he uh, he has a, he's they figure out the man's name, uh, with last name is Golshiri. Anyway, so so uh, he didn't just appear out of blue. There is some background on him. But anyway, at one point in Texas, uh, the town is destroyed by a tornado, uh, all except the church, and um, and a father and a son. There's there's one or two episodes where you see them looking for their dog, and then finally this comes to a um, culmination. It, I don't remember if it was the last episode, or no, it was maybe one of the later, certainly one of the later episodes, where uh, the dog is trapped under some rubble, and it's a black dog. It looks to be a German Shepherd, I believe, and some kind of large shepherd dog. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, the uh, alleged messiah shows up. He walks over there, and uh, it's kind of striking because, well, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler. I won't give away too much, but um, he, um, the father standing there, he had a shotgun, and this this guy took the shotgun away and killed the dog. <laughs> and the boy says, "You were supposed to save him." He's like, "No, I was. No, I wasn't. He's not suffering now." So, so that's and, and as, I, as I point out in my article on this, this is really 
it's a it's a very well done scene. It really makes you think because now which way are you going with this? Because as you pointed out, uh, according to Islamic traditions, uh, the founder of Islam hated dogs, which is one reason for this day why dogs are not very popular in the Middle East, but cats are. Um, but the, the, the Muhammad, the founder of Islam, hated dogs, and in particular, he said that black dogs were the worst. Uh, you know, basically, they're satanic creatures. So we have this fellow who kills the dog. Of course, I mean, first of all, that's sort of a visceral thing with Americans, right? Because we like our dogs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got two so, of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have a white German Shepherd, so I guess she might be safe if my if the Matthew showed up. But um, so so he's killed the dog. Now, now, does that mean he's he's the evil Messiah, the Dajjal, the that literally really is the Antichrist figure in Islam, or is he pious Muslim? Because according to again. Muhammad himself didn't like black dogs. So so that one, you know, they can go either way with that one. I'm not sure how they're going to go with that. Now, I've got two questions. But you know, that brings up, I was going to say, Kip, real quick. Yeah. This also brings up the fact, I should mention, that, that we haven't mentioned that, that um, a lot of uh, Muslims, not maybe I shouldn't say a lot, but certainly some Muslims complained about this show. And I saw where, particularly in Jordan, uh, they asked Netflix not to, uh, not to carry it in Jordan. So, so there was some Muslim opposition to this because, again, they're, um, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if they think that it shows the false, the Dajjal, the, the, I don't know why you would have an opposite, have a, have a I, I guess perhaps the, 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 the opposition would be, the problem from a Muslim point of view would be that it's showing, it's showing this false messiah and people, Muslims, falling for it. Maybe that's what they don't like about it. Yeah. Because, as I said, he's clearly, he, I, I don't think he can be the Mahdi figure, which is the major Islamic figure, because he's not doing what the Mahdi would do. And people would would never call the Mahdi the Messiah, the Messiah. So I'm not quite sure why Muslims are opposed to that, but that's probably my best theory as well. Well, I've got two questions concerning these, the Dijal's, uh situation as being the evil uh-huh. one. Uh, one is, uh, can the Dijal uh, perform miracles, and secondly, how where does he appear in terms of Islamic uh, tradition? Because we know that the Mahdi has comes first, then Jesus by their by their uh, standards. Right. Yes, there, there is some indication that he will be able to do some miracles. A couple of hadiths uh, allude to that, so so that's a very real possibility, at least from the Muslim point of view. Another thing I should mention, however, is a number of the hadiths say that he will have one eye. He will, only, he will be one-eyed, uh, and so clearly, in, at least in the series, unless there's some you know, miraculous uh, cosmetics going on, uh, this fellow certainly has two eyes. And your other question was what? I'm sorry. Oh, where does he appear? Several of the, several of the more prominent hadiths, Islamic traditions on the, uh, the Dajjal say that he will appear in Syria. So, But will he appear not, before the Mahdi or after? Uh, normally, it says after. Uh, the most prominent hadith from Bukhari, a Muslim, I think it's a Muslim, Abu Muslim, says that uh, the, the, and this, by the way, interestingly enough, this is a quite long hadith that ISIS used to quote regularly in their Dabic magazine back when they were still publishing Dabic. There's a, there's a, there's a, and several paragraphs long hadith that says basically that there will be, um, a major battle will be joined in Syria near the town of Dadik, hence the name of that magazine for ISIS, and that the Mahdi will be leading the Islamic forces. And then, basically, the Dajjal will appear uh, and uh, more or less join up with the uh, the forces 
the Western, the, the Christian forces, interestingly enough, uh, and then uh, and then the, they will battle, and and then Jesus will come. So the order seems to be the Matthew, the Dajjal, and then Jesus, according to Islamic tradition. Now, another thing about this, too, however, as you noticed, and again, I'm trying not to give away too many spoilers if anyone wants to see this, is there's another fellow that seems to be kind of important, a young Middle Eastern man named Jibril. Not quite sure who he is, if he's anybody important, but he was uh, involved with initially the group of people that followed the Messiah, the Messiah, or the, the alleged Messiah. And uh, a couple of interesting things have happened to him. He's still around and he seems to be a major figure, although initially he did not, he, did, he sort of just seemed to be, I don't know, kind of a uh, ancillary figure, but now he seems to be a major figure. And it may, he may turn out to be an important figure and he may factor into this. Well, Dr. Furnish, we are nearing the end of the program, and uh, just want to remind our listeners, this is a Netflix series. If you're a Netflix uh, subscriber, you can get it. There are a total of 10 episodes on uh, that's available, and I've seen all 10, so has uh, Dr. Furnish, and uh, who knows if there's going to be a, uh, a part two on it, a second season. But the thing is, for us as faithful, look at it from the Christian perspective, and remember, this is, this is a show. But it's still intriguing to think, what would you do if suddenly a person showed up claiming to be the Messiah and could work miracles? Yeah, and I, I, it, it makes you think about that. and It makes you consider seriously, again, what, what, what the Lord himself said, in, as we said, in the, in, in the Synoptic Gospels, warning that this is going to happen. So we know it's going to happen, uh, and, and, and it behooves us maybe to think about it. Amen. Dr. Furnish, I want to thank you so much for adding your insight to this show, because as I said earlier on, reading your article on this completely changed my view of the series. Entirely new perspective, and I strongly recommend everyone else to do that. And, of course, they can get the link, I know, on your site, which is The Occidental Jihadist, and also on the stream. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. Thank you, Kip. Thank you, Dr. Furnish. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.